Hello and welcome once again to Yester Ladies. I'm Dana. And I'm Heather. And Heather, what is our topic this week? Well, Dana, we are talking about ooh, the Viking Shield Maidens. Oh, <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> was oh. weird. You knew we were talking about this, Dana. I know. I'm just so excited. No, no. Time to stop. <laughs> well, before we go any further, because the last time we recorded uh, an audience suggestion episode we completely forgot to say anything about it until like the very end of the podcast so i'm going to say right off the top that um this was suggested to us by a good friend of mine and a listener uh sarah who i'm not sure where she came across this but i got a a text from her a while ago saying we should we should do Viking Shield Maidens. And I looked it up and I was like, yes, we should do Viking Shield Maidens. <laughs> Absolutely. This is awesome. Yes. So shout out to Sarah and uh, her little Molly, who is, I think, one of our youngest uh, Yesterday Lady listeners. Hooray. She listens during her lunch uh, her lunch hour. I like very much. <laughs> so hello to Sarah and Molly. Yay. Yay. <laughs> thank you for your suggestion. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. So if you want a shout out from us, yes. then you should suggest just a topic right and then fame will be yours yes if we choose it <laughs> we can make you <laughs> among our our audience of maybe dozens <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't even actually so know at all we, we how many no people idea. listen to this <laughs> we have no metrics on our no. listenership i keep meaning to look into that <laughs> just don't <laughs> we'll, we'll get on that eventually <laughs> we're just you know we're having fun so that's right, that's right. we hope you are too yeah my mom likes it so <laughs> it's all good all the approval we need <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so right. okay viking shield maidens now it's a slightly controversial topic right yes yeah. quite. quite quite controversial among historians and archaeologists <laughs> um so but the the gist the general idea is that viking shield maidens were supposedly uh young women or i guess just women yeah um, from the Viking days who were warriors and would go out and fight alongside men or potentially there's reference to maybe the women were just living in communities. And I didn't get whether they meant like living just women in communities, kind of Amazon style. A lot, I gotta be, a lot of the, yes. the readings, did it not remind it you? It did. Of, yeah. Quite a bit of lots of Amazons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I kept thinking back to our Amazon mm -hmm. episode. So yes. kind of some parallels here. Yes. Um, so anyway, so Viking shield maidens are women warriors, Viking women warriors. Although I, I suppose I should, um, specify that Vikings by definition are warriors, right? Like that's well, what they called the warriors. Well, Vikings. the whole group of people. So Vikings refers to the whole culture. Oh, I thought um, Vikings were just the term that you used the for, term for the fighters. The in the yeah. culture. No, it's the whole culture. So oh, okay. you could be just a regular Viking woman right. uh, and not fight anyone or yeah. a Viking man and not be a warrior. Uh, and you were still considered culturally Viking. Okay. Um, okay. If you were in the Scandinavian countries in the right time period. So very early medieval mm -hmm. um, time period. Right. Yeah. So everybody was a Viking if, uh, you <laughs> if you okay. were in that culture at, okay. at the time. Yeah. So, okay, great. So good to know. Good to know. And right now, <laughs> Vikings are kind of a big cultural thing because the TV show Vikings mm. has sort of repopularized them. And I How have to learned, train your dragon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, they're, throw that they're in experiencing there. sort of a little mini cultural renaissance. Um, yeah. And uh, 
the I have not watched the show Vikings, uh, mm-hmm. but apparently there's a character named Lagertha mm-hmm. on the show, and she is a Viking sh- shield maiden. So yeah. a lot of people started speculating about how realistic this character is, and that kind of led us into this topic. I think so. Yeah, I think there's been more in the last couple of years. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Um, I don't watch Vikings or the Vikings or whatever it's called, but my parents really like it. So ah. I'm feeling my mom will particularly like this episode. So, <laughs> hey, mom. Hey, Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, the controversy comes in. Uh, we'll get into this mm-hmm. further. But the the question has always been, much like Amazon's, is this just myth or did these women actually exist? Um, so... We do have stories of warrior women, Viking warrior women, in a number of historical documents. Um, And, you know, there's a mix of some are kind of considered more reliable than others. But there's no doubt that, like, this is definitely kind of a a storyline that you would see a lot in Viking mythology um, and kind of related to the Viking shield maidens was the image or idea of the Valkyries, Mm -hmm. which, um, I will get into a little bit because they're kind of, I don't know, I feel like they're maybe a little bit wrapped up in each other, Mm -hmm. but just to go back to the historical record and kind of talk about some of the examples of, um, writings about these, these Viking shield maidens. So, uh, just kind of one of the old stories is I really, I, now forgive me if I butcher these names. I do really like them. So there's, first of all, there's Hervor's and Hydric's saga, uh, in which Hervor, who is a lady, uh, surprised me. It sounds like a male name, <laughs> but does. you just never know. with Vikings. You never know. Yeah. So Hervor takes her father's sword and avenges his death. So yes. I guess this is a big motif. Uh, one of the big myths in Viking uh, legend. And then another one, which I got very excited about and kind of went down the rabbit <laughs> hole a little bit, is uh, Brunhild or Brun... She's It's pronounced like a whole bunch of different ways and spelled right. different ways, but there's Brunhild or Brunhildur or Brunhilda, mm. uh, who was supposedly a shield maiden and Valkyrie in Germanic Norse mythology. And, um, so I guess I'll give a, give a definition of what a Valkyrie actually is. I feel like we all have heard that Mm -hmm. term before, but what it actually referred to were women who, I don't know, kind of godlike women who would decide whether a warrior would live or die in battle. Mm -hmm. Um, they were these mythic creatures and they were basically the handmaidens of the God Odin and he would he would send them or they would flock out in a battle and choose the the strongest warriors to die, which seems a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, and, but they would be transported to Valhalla, mm-hmm. um, the, the hall of the slain Ooh. to await a final battle, like a climactic galactic battle of like some your, sort. Your reward is more battle. <laughs> yeah, more battle. <laughs> I thought this would only appeal to like a Viking like, warrior. Vikings were so hardcore, Heather. Just, <laughs> just hashtag hardcore. <laughs> hashtag Viking hardcore. Oh God, Viking. Nothing's more hardcore than Viking hardcore. Yeah, no, I, I die know. in battle to, to participate in the biggest battle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so, of course, all of this reading about Brunhild and Brunhilda and whatever else she goes by <laughs> and Valkyries all I could think about was the famous Wagner <laughs> operas I'm not even sure if it's if I uh it's like a they call it an opera cycle so I think it's a series of operas mm-hmm. that kind of are all 
part of a part of a grouping, part of a cycle, as they call it. I think that's what it is, as opposed to one like infamously long opera. But the whole thing is like infamously long. Like there's all <laughs> of these the operas. Cycle. And, like, yeah, it's yeah. like I don't know. It's some crazy. Like they have this festival in. Um, I'm not even sure where, somewhere in, in kind of Northern Europe, I think that they do Wagner's ring cycle and it's like a, I don't know, like a two day event or something. It's like a long, long thing that you go and sit and watch the ring cycle. And I think at different times, like, you know, obviously individual operas from within Mm. it are performed, but there's Mm. this festival where they like do the whole thing and it's a really, really big deal. And apparently, oh, and I remember, where do I say? Uh, oh, I know. Stephen Fry. He's a big Wagner fan and he went and you have to be on a waiting list for like years wow. to get tickets to this event. And uh, he got in and was able to go and he – it's actually a really interesting documentary that he made about hmm. uh, about Wagner in general who – okay, this is a sidetrack, but yeah. it, it is very interesting because Wagner was – is very much associated with anti-Semitism and uh. was anti-Semitic himself and kind of definitely <laughs> voiced his opinion mm. on that. And Wagner was Hitler's like favorite composer ever. Oh um, so Stephen Fry, who is, I believe, half Jewish um, and had family members, ancestors who, you know, were persecuted in the Holocaust. And um, so he made this whole documentary about like, can we appreciate an artist Mm. and kind of separate who that person is from what they created? Like, can, Mm. is he still allowed to like Wagner and enjoy the music? And I don't know. It's, it's, that's always an interesting Mm -hmm. question. It's a fascinating Mm -hmm. documentary and I forgive me. I can't remember at all what the actual title of the documentary is, but it's worth watching. Hmm. And uh, Stephen Fry is just always great. So. Great. I'm yes. sorry. That was a huge digression. But, no. you know, whatever. It's related. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. It is interesting. So Dana added a link to that at the end of our um, Google Docs when we were researching. Oh, the, yes. Okay. So, okay. So, <laughs> right. So back to the, the ring cycle. Um, famously, I think the tune that everybody knows from that is the, you know, dum da da dum dum da da dum 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 da da which is awesome. But then... All I can think about is kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. <laughs> so there's that very famous moment. But anyway, if you go, I'm totally going to link to this. Uh, it's not, it's not the entire ring cycle. Don't worry. You won't have to spend like <laughs> two days hours or whatever <laughs> watching it. This is opera. Um, but there is the Metropolitan Opera put out a, a video on YouTube that I was watching and it's that famous moment, the ride of the Valkyries <laughs> with that tune. And it's, it's really awesome the way they do it. They've got like all the Valkyries. There's like, I don't know, uh, eight or so of them. And they're like riding these like giant planks. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting the way they staged it. And then they all kind of slide down one at a time and start singing and doing their whole thing. But it's really awesome. <laughs> anyway, so those are the Valkyries. And then of course, also famously from the ring cycle is, um, Brunhilda, who mm. is this famous mythical uh, Viking warrior woman, and where it gets okay now, this does get a little bit mm. more historical. So okay, this is starting to get into the evidence for shield maidens, right? Um, so of course, just uh, Brunhilda, she I think she's the like famous opera uh, character that everybody like makes fun of opera for the like the large woman with yes. the, the helmet with the horns, horns. And, the, and the spear and the, the pointy breastplate and the pointy breastplates yes yeah. exactly and she comes out and she like breaks the crystal glass by hitting that ridiculous note um, so i'm pretty sure that's 
Brunhilde. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the character and the kind of mythical legend and then the, the legend that Wagner used for his opera uh, may have been inspired by uh, this Visigoth princess mm. named Brunhilde of Austria, which I think like, okay, so it's pretty yeah. good. Bet. Connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Brunhilde of Austria lived between, excuse me, lived between uh, 543 and 613. Mm. Um, and she ruled Austrasia and Burgundy. <laughs> so kind of, you know, Europe, Frenchish kind of area um, for three different periods as regent, mm. first for her son, then for her grandson, and then for her great grandson. Wow. Yeah. So she just kept on... <laughs> ruling and there's like she's fascinating you need to i feel like we could do we a could whole episode probably, on her yeah. she's pretty amazing yeah. um pretty um apparently she was quite a forceful personality <laughs> <laughs> and she was an efficient ruler mm. but she got into all of these clashes with like mm. the church and like other rulers and like she was this real force to be reckoned with and um i'm not sure how much she actually herself went out and fought but i feel like the end of her life is a clue because in uh 613 clothar the second which is just the best name (laughs) uh he defeated her in battle it said um so obviously i don't know she must have been somewhere on the battlefield perhaps battling yeah exactly (laughs) so okay so she was a warrior um, but then this little detail is, is rather unfortunate. So she was defeated and then Clothar II had her pulled apart by four oh, horses, God. which is oh, not a pleasant way to go. Drawn and quartered. No. Yeah. So oh, poor Brunhilde did not have a very hmm. pleasant, pleasant end. end. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. But I mean, I feel like all of these details, it makes it seem like, yeah, that's a pretty good mm-hmm. bet that mm-hmm. uh, the mythical... Brunhilde, Brunhilde, whatever mm. was based on yeah. yes. on this woman. This, it sounds like uh, she was pretty martial in her activities. Yes, yes. Oh, I like <laughs> martial in her activities. Very nice. great words in there. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Scatter those around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So this is the thing, right? There are all these examples of individual. Mm-hmm women who were fighters among the Vikings, um, which, you know, I think most cultures, there are individual examples throughout history of women who fought or, you know, were kind of unlike typical, the other Mm -hmm. women around them. So the question is, were there actually communities of women warriors? Like, was this a common thing? Were like half of the warriors that were fighting (laughs) women, which is a question we'll get into. Um, and were they training? Was this like yeah. a recognized societal structure yes. for them? Or, or that were they, they just created? Right, right. Yeah. How so one of the kind of, I guess, uh, ideas behind where this myth would come from was the idea that these myths were circulated to kind of counter the influences of invading Christians mm-hmm. um, who had much more um, submissive ideas about femininity um so perhaps to the christians uh these these viking women just seemed like warriors whether <laughs> they, were, they actually they were, so were not tough. because they were so tough yes. and so much less docile <laughs> than than their uh women so there are accounts though of 
of these potential women warriors and like women living in community. So um, one is from Adam of Bremen who wrote um, that a Northern region of Sweden was inhabited by warlike women. Mm -hmm. So there's him. And then (laughs) my favorite (laughs) bit of evidence uh, is um, comes from a 12th century Danish historian named Saxo Grammaticus, which Heather and I agree is just the best name ever. I decided I would like to take that last name. (laughs) Heather Heather Grammaticus Grammaticus from now on. (laughs) So according to Saxo, good old Saxo, uh, he said that there were actually communities of shield maidens and he named some kind of specific women, but there's this great quote that I'm going to read. We both had this in our notes. It's it's really awesome. (laughs) So Saxo Grammaticus writing in the 12th century says, there were once women in Denmark who dressed them themselves to look like men and spent almost every minute cultivating soldier skills. They courted military celebrities so earnestly that you would have guessed they had unsexed themselves. Those especially who had forceful personalities or were tall and elegant embarked on this way of life. As if they were forgetful of their true selves, they put toughness before allure, aimed at conflicts instead of kisses, tasted blood, not lips, sought the clash of arms rather than the arms embrace, fitted to weapons hands which should have been weaving, desired not the couch, but the kill. (laughs) Which is just like the best thing ever. (laughs) I want to memorize that and like go about saying it at parties. (laughs) It's wonderful. Yeah. I must say, Saxo has a really, a very lascivious um, idea of what, that doesn't seem very Christian either. The only the weaving seems sort of typical. (laughs) The rest of the time it's just very Kissing and embracing. Lots of like looking for the couch. (laughs) Saxo, my goodness. I really like the line. They had forceful personalities or the ones who were tall Tall and and elegant elegant. (laughs) embarked on the And I thought of you, Heather. Should I go be a Viking shield maiden? The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Yes, you should. (laughs) So, okay. So there's, you know, a fair amount of of evidence in the historical record that there may very well have been communities of warrior women among the Vikings. Um, The problem is that, you know, we just don't know for sure. Like, again, was Saxo Grammaticus just, like, shocked because he was encountering women who were more outspoken than the women he was used to? Or were they actually, you know training warriors. as warriors right right um and I, they're sorry that's okay i also thought how how few female warriors it would take for an outsider mm. especially a male who wasn't used to that to assume that there were whole communities behind them right yeah, i thought true. you know for saxo if he's coming from he's used to or prefers women who are very docile and uh, and romantic apparently not tall <laughs> not, not tall, elegant no, very short and dowdy women uh, and he shows up in these communities and these women are strong and tough and taking care of a lot of the backbreaking labor whether it's fighting or not and maybe one or two female warriors stroll by and he sees them I think he's going to extrapolate from those few examples. And so there might have been a few and then he might have gone, well, there's a whole, you should see all these warrior women up there, (laughs) up north. north. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Uh, So the other kind of side of this is the question, okay, so if there were Viking women warriors, we would expect to see them in artwork. Do we see them in artwork? And we do Mm -hmm. um, in 
various pieces of jewelry or carvings or whatever they mm-hmm. that image of a woman warrior is represented quite often i think in viking artwork the question is are those viking shield maidens or are they just representations of valkyries right. which of course are mythical creatures right. but then it's like i don't know were valkyries based on, <laughs> on true women right viking shield maidens right like- so this is confusing because valkyries were often portrayed as wearing armor and carrying weapons um they often had spears and mail they were wearing chain mail um so it really does become a question of are these valkyries modeled after women who were wearing these things or are they just the mythical characters that we know of them today. Um, And that's where it really started to get into kind of the archaeological record and what do we see in the graves. And that pulls us into kind of the modern um, discussion of shield maidens. Are you ready to transition to that? Yeah, so far we've just been talking about kind of the historical record and what, you know, older historians had talked about, kind of the oral or not oral, but the written record. Right. We haven't looked at, is there archaeological evidence right. of yeah. Viking shield maidens? Yeah. So, yeah. So we have cultural evidence, but do we have physical evidence? So Heather, Absolutely. do we have physical do evidence? We have? Well, Dana, there is some physical <laughs> evidence and it's scarce, but it is there. Uh, so I, I think we could say we remain cautiously optimistic yeah, that, that Viking shield maidens existed. Um, but we're also going to address an issue that um, recently there was there was a news story going around about uh, a huge proportion of Viking women warriors. And we're going to get into that um, later on. Uh, it's, the news is not as great as we could have hoped it could be. So. <laughs> well... <laughs> Slightly blown out of proportion, yes, I think, is yes. what happened. <laughs> or misrepresented or researched, yeah. <laughs> yes. So when I started this research, I came across an article by uh, Professor Judith Jesh, and she is Professor of Viking Studies at the University of Nottingham. So awesome. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought, what a job description. Like, I am Professor of Viking Studies. Like, you just are great or right away. <laughs> and uh, she was writing for the British Museum. So we've got this really highly credible um, expert in the field writing about... Um, um, what they found and the evidence. And, and she was really kind of pessimistic about the existence of shield maidens and basically said like, no, there's no proof of this. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, I was totally deflated. And, but then when we kept doing other research, we did find, um, people talking about archaeological evidence and, and graves and, and we'll get into that. But, but I thought, okay, you know, Professor Jesh, there is, there is some maybe scarce, maybe scant evidence, but there is some evidence for this. So we can't just, just throw out yeah dismiss the idea of shield maidens so um we have the one professional opinion and uh then we go on to what do we actually see in the graves so um in some of the articles that we were reading they were talking about um the archaeological term is quote female weapons burials so usually how archaeologists were categorizing um these burial sites was by the the grave goods so they would dig up a whole bunch of skeletons see what they were buried with and assign a gender based on what you were buried with so if you had a whole bunch of weapons you were clearly a man and if you had uh, cooking pots and like weaving (laughs) spindles and things you were a woman (laughs) or if you had a whole bunch of jewelry i think actually it was jewelry that they used to determine females and weapons to determine males and most archaeologists will agree that this is kind of a, like a, a roughshod way of doing it, that it's not completely accurate. And we don't know mm-hmm. if um, there was one article saying we don't know if uh, someone had pinned this jewelry on their deceased loved one, you know, in in grief kind of thing. Like it's, it's yeah. not 100% well, accurate. 
as I mean, I think you're kind of going to get into this further, but as Mm -hmm. people have, I think rightfully so pointed out, that is kind of applying our traditional gender stereotypes to an older time period that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think through most of human history and through in most places or in an awful lot of them, you know, there's certain kind of gender stereotypes that have kind of held you know in terms of women being more domestic but not always and not always in the same ways and not in every place and Mm -hmm. yeah you kind of really have to be careful about assuming just because you know certain things are buried you know with with one skeleton that that makes that you can determine their gender that way like that's suspect to me right yes it's very much applying our culture's ideas of gender to the past which Mm -hmm. which as you said, often still applies, but like there are sort not of broad themes, but not necessarily, yeah. right? And Viking culture overall seemed quite, um, like women seemed very independent in this mm-hmm. culture and had more agency than women in many other historical cultures that, that um, you know, archaeologists have studied. So if there were a culture where women were going to start wielding weapons, um, this would be Vikings seemed a like a pretty good one. contender. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, so there was one researcher who started to um, analyze how Viking graves were identified, and his name is Shane McLeod. And in 2011, he published an article in the journal Early Medieval Europe, and the article was titled Warriors and Women, the Sex Ratio of Norse Migrants in Eastern England up to 900 AD. So he's looking at migrants to England um, and basically how their skeletons were were sexed, how they mm-hmm. figured out which gender um these folks were and he found a couple of archaeological digs where they had sexed them by osteological evidence so basically (laughs) by looking at the bones um, Mm -hmm. rather than by looking at the grave goods but he couldn't find that many because most archaeological digs are um uh, sexed by grave goods so he had to find he only found about 14 um skeletons that had been identified osteologically osteologically, correct Mm -hmm. um but what he found kind of shook um archaeology this small area of viking archaeology <laughs> to its core um he and, found, then, and then ended up like and, making yeah i think i blown news. completely out yeah. of proportion yeah and and we all saw it on facebook yeah <laughs> you know like a couple of years later so he basically found that the gender breakdown was almost 50 50 when you identified the the bones um uh anatomically rather than by grave goods so uh this really shattered notions of who had been settling areas so up to this point um researchers and archaeologists assumed that the men uh, the male warrior vikings would show up first kind of clean up the area and then they would bring in the ladies yeah. um to start setting up homes fight anybody who yeah, needed f- to be yes, fought fight uh, uh you know clear some brush perhaps <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah chop down some trees and yeah, yeah and then yeah, bring exactly. in the girls bring in the ladies yeah <laughs> <laughs> to start having the babies and baking the bread <laughs> so um and that this was completely inaccurate that the women were were included in the first wave um of settlers and possibly um, fighters and uh, that they were there right from the beginning and in equal numbers or almost equal numbers to the men. Now, this is still a really small sample size. This Mm. is only 14 people. So we can't extrapolate an entire cultural, you know, settling or colonization through just this. But it's interesting. But it is interesting. And if, if earlier digs can be examined, if the bones can be examined, we can see if this is uh, a trend, you know, yeah, sort of a, a yeah. broader trend. So he published this article, um, what, five years ago now, almost almost six years ago now. And um, for whatever reason, 
the contents of the article got misrepresented and I actually fell for it when I saw it across my Facebook feed. I don't know if this happened to you, Dana, but, um, I, I saw the other end of it without knowing any of the research and it said, um, like discovery Viking warriors, half female. <laughs> I was like, what? Awesome. And it was like this like proud feminist moment. Like, yeah, take that, uh, you know, sexist, uh, history, history, <laughs> historians, you know, and, uh, So this really wasn't the case because he was writing about migrants and not warriors. And uh, so I was taken in by this misrepresentation misrepresentation of his research. And uh, and I didn't do the digging to really find out. I didn't fact check behind the scenes. Well, to be fair, I don't remember being having seen this okay um but i totally would have been taken into so <laughs> don't beat yourself up heather <laughs> i feel like most of us are and actually an awful lot of um what was it i said oh yeah boing boing uh mm. cory doctorow on boing boing um re posted that and was like yeah viking women warriors 50 percent, blah 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 so like you know somebody <laughs> Even- very reliable and like with it and smart and and intelligent totally fell for it too. Uh, so don't worry we, heather we you all were not did. the only one we all did we, we all just did. wanted it to be true yeah, so badly yeah just, and so great what i thought was clever was one of the articles talking about how this wasn't the case was uh entitled bursting your bubble about those viking shield maidens yeah <laughs> I thought, oh i really did burst my bubble i was was that the I been excited stuff and, you missed in history class uh, yes it was yeah, yeah we do yeah. like those ladies they're pretty cool <laughs> they are great <laughs> so unfortunately uh we have not found archaeological evidence of a 50 50 split between mm. men and women uh in viking warriorhood however in viking uh colonizers uh or within viking colonizers uh it was a much more even gender divide than previously thought and so even that shatters. so it appears yeah, yeah. so it appears yeah. so far based on a small amount of evidence so yeah. we'll see if that holds when... but still like that's pretty big yeah absolutely yeah. and and even that um shatters stereotypical gendered ideas about what women were doing yeah. um, in viking society so that was really neat and it also um speaks to how integral women were to the colonization process and they kind of talk about that that to the vikings it they think it would have seemed silly to go anywhere without women mm. <laughs> that like how are you going to set up that's a settlement cool. without both genders um and Which, i remember I mean, this is logical yes and i remember reading that um in some of my university reading when europeans encountered uh, native americans for the first time and the europeans had showed up without women mm. and the native americans <laughs> were confused like why would you come all this way and without women <laughs> months at sea without uh, the other sex right like, why did you guys all just come together like this oh my god Big this is such fest. a good point, and I never even yeah. thought about it. <laughs> right? But that is so true yeah. that Europeans always, when they went anywhere, were like, "Well, we'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone they're approaching is like, "Why did you guys just come alone? This like, is weird. This is just a big sausage party on these ships." Like, <laughs> hashtag sausage party. <laughs> hashtag European sausage party. <laughs> Sorry, that's really it's amazing. <laughs> so I remember being really struck by the idea of not thinking of this before that yeah <laughs> how bizarre it was <laughs> a i had never thought of it and b why would you go anywhere <laughs> and colonize a new land and set up a new not a new civilization but a new location of your civilization without the ladies without the ladies with just one gender um and the more i thought about it i thought you know we're not going to set up a colony on mars with just guys right right we, <laughs> there will be people of both genders and uh, and we have ladies on the international space station and you just take both parties when you yeah, go. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, that's how it works. So I couldn't believe that I had never thought of that myself. 
Yeah. Yes. But, uh, okay, so we're going to get into some of the actual evidence that we found in the graves um, that Ooh. back up the idea. Ooh, grave, <laughs> graves and grave goods uh, that back up the potential for the existence of shield maidens, real shield maidens. Um, so have we found any of their graves and what did they look like? Mm. Um, all right. So the artifacts that we find do paint an optimistic picture. So we have found, um, what are known to be female graves and they're called female weapons burials because not all female burials contain weapons. Um, and so we have some Viking women buried with spears. Uh, that's from my Gedrup site in Denmark. Uh, arrows. There were three Viking women found with arrows in Sweden. So, uh, however, the most common weapon was an axe. So they commonly find axes with uh, female burials in Denmark and Norway. And this was partly because axes could be used in battle, but they were used in everyday life as well. So right, yeah. um, those ones that could go either way it could mm. be just a regular tool from everyday life or um, a weapon that you were felling a person instead of felling a tree. <laughs> well, that's a lovely yeah. image. <laughs> yes. And uh, they even found shield bosses uh, with some women. So um, Remind me what a shield boss so is. So a shield boss is part of the apparatus that you would use to either decorate the outside of the shield, so like metal pieces that would go on the outside, oh, okay. or the, the part that connects the handle to the shield. Oh, yeah. But okay. they would be metal pieces that would last longer than the shield itself if it was wood or leather mm-hmm. or whatever it was made of. Hmm. Um, so those would remain in the grave while right, the rest well. of it Rot wood, wood rot. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, a shield is clearly defensive. You're not yeah. using a shield in your everyday farming tasks. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what kind of set these um, burials apart. And uh, so, so we do have some hard evidence on the ground of what look like female fighters. Uh, so these could be some of our shield maidens, Ooh. perhaps. Yay. Um, and but there's a whole other field that we wanted to talk about, our whole area, um, and it's called bioarchaeology. Mm-hmm. And this was pretty cool. I think we both were captured by this idea. We yeah. both liked it. Um, but it's tough to apply to skeletons. Um, what it is is basically, as a human, all of your activities through your life lead to patterns of wear on your bones, depending on what you're doing repeatedly. So, and I just want to give a quick shout out. To bones. <laughs> of <course>. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing at me. I don't know if any of our listeners watched the TV show Bones. It's been on for like a while now, but it's a good one. I would recommend it. It's entertaining. Anyway, the whole premise is that she's a forensic anthropologist. And she teams up with this FBI agent and they solve murders. Um, but what's so cool about it is that she just looks at the bones and that's how she can identify these victims because of the wear on their bones, which I have always found just fascinating. So like you can look at somebody's finger bones and say like, well, this person played the piano or you can look at, uh, their arm bones and determine that this person played tennis. Um, so it's just really cool to me. Like I, you know, it's neat that this field is applied in modern ways, but it's, even more fascinating, mm. I think, when you can apply it to ancient remains right. and yes. kind of get this picture of what this individual person did in their life and the activities and like what made them an individual. Because I think it's it's so easy when you're looking at ancient remains to just kind of be like, oh, this is some, I don't know, random skeleton of somebody that you can't really picture. But when you're given like a list of like the things, the activities that made up their mm. day, like it's it's easier to picture that those remains is like an actual human being. Right. Yeah. And you start adding personality and yeah, specifics exactly. to their life. Yeah. I think it's also neat that 
the things you do in your life kind of leave a story on your bones. <gasps> I love oh. the way you put that. Oh, and yes, yes, I agree. I think that's so cool. <laughs> like you think about like, okay, so, you know, someday and like, you know, a few hundred years, what will the story be yes. that my bones will tell about me? I we, love that. We led sedentary desk bound. Yes. <laughs> typing. <laughs> she dabbled in piano until <laughs> her mid teens and then abandoned it. Some dance. <laughs> some, some, some moderate dance. A mild amount of dance. I'm not sure if singing would imprint itself on my bones, but I doubt it. <laughs> I think your voice box is, or voice box is mostly cartilage. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my voice box will not survive to tell the tale of my intermittent <laughs> music theater <laughs> experience. Career. Yeah. <laughs> and my teaching and tour guiding will leave no oh, trail no, behind. No. Well, I made sure that you were you walked a lot maybe perhaps <laughs> i'll think i was a walker a walker <laughs> for long walks in the woods which i would enjoy yes you would that's okay i would not mind being considered a walker yeah posthumously i don't think you would at all either. No. yeah <laughs> yeah so so you're right when you find these skeletons you can then look at the wear patterns on the bones and determine what they were up to in their life and you start getting a picture of the individual the part where this gets hairy is that a lot of these activities create leave the same patterns mm-hmm. on bones so whether you're swinging an axe repeatedly to chop wood or swinging a sword or an axe in battle those those are the same arm movements and they leave the same um skeletal marks behind but so obviously they're very different activities right in life. Exactly. <laughs> yes you have a very different status in life yeah. if you are doing one of those two things so when they find um a female skeleton with these marks they make the assumption that okay this was here from farm labor or um you know, some kind of other more manual labor, yeah, manual labor or more feminine labor. Although we were talking about this, that um, even the activities that Viking women were up to were still categorized often as very masculine activities mm-hmm. in our culture or many other cultures, right? They were doing a lot of um, heavy farming and harvesting and wood chopping and, uh, and all these activities, logging <laughs> sort of thing, <laughs> um, perhaps. <laughs> and, uh, and that those are very masculine. So they were still up to a lot of heavy labor and they were still very tough. Yeah. Um, but we can't assume that the, the bioarchaeological marks on their bones weren't from going into battle. Well, that's just it, right? I think that's enemies. what um, some of the sources we were looking at were pointing out was that there's there's been kind of a tendency um, in previous generations of archaeology to kind of just assume that markers like that for women, well, oh, that means she was chopping trees, doing whatever, um, whereas if they saw the same markers in men, they would more likely assume that that was from, uh, being a warrior. Um, so it's kind of that making sure that we're not bringing in our own gender biases mm. to, uh, to what we're seeing in these, in these remains. So it's kind of not conclusive, but I don't know. I think kind of taken together, right. With like yes. the markers of that, plus, you know, some of these graves where there are arrows and, and, um, shield bosses and things. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's evidence. Yes. And that's pretty solid evidence it is, too, because yeah. you have the physical, um, changes and then the, the belongings as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. The point is, of course, it's, you really, we can't, extrapolate necessarily that there were communities yes and that's where we're disappointed i think mm-hmm. we're like oh we want there to be really cool female communities of shield maidens i mean obviously <laughs> there were lots of individual women right um who were quite possibly and very likely 
warrior women, but mm-hmm. the the number is is up for debate. It kind of reminds me of our our episode on Amazons, and if you haven't listened, please do go check that out. It's a good one. Um, but it's a similar kind of thing, right? Where there's not hard and fast evidence. Or there, I mean, there is evidence, but we right. can't say with certainty one way or the other whether there were or were not communities of warrior women. Right. Um, and so you kind of do wonder too, like, so uh, Viking shield maidens that would be after the time of of Amazons hmm. in not a not a distant part of the world. You kind of wonder, like, were the myths or the stories around about Amazons did that influence? the stories around Viking shield maidens and, and all of that. So it's, it's just kind of, it's, I don't know, history is so messy, right? It's yeah. all, it's all tied up together. I was going to say how much cultural bleed through would there yeah. be, right? That all of these tales are filtering in and, and you already have a very sort of aggressive warlike culture that mm-hmm. would probably love to hear about figures like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it makes so, total sense. Overlap. Yeah, exactly. So like we said, there's no, there's no existing archeological evidence for a community or communities of shield maidens, but we definitely have individuals who would have mm-hmm. been fighting. And um, and we were talking about the sagas earlier. So some of these women would have been celebrated and their stories told. And I also feel like they would have been chosen for the stories because they were less common or they may have been an exception in their mm, community or yeah, their time maybe. or their generation. Yeah. Um, so they might have been, um, you know, it would be maybe more exciting or mm-hmm. different to hear about a female warrior. Um, Although the fact is, of course, that they are... They were celebrating women as as warriors, right? Um, so that's and that's something that you know hasn't happened in in every culture. I yes, mean, that's true. It, it's I don't know. I think it's telling of the culture that they had these myths around women as warriors, right. where you know other kind of more Western um, c- cultures weren't necessarily doing the same thing, whereas or, or actively dissuading it. Right, exactly. Right. Yes. You know, contemporary cultures where women were, you know, as we talked about, obviously, like Viking women were just like more <laughs> hard, like super hardcore, yeah, yeah. Super hardcore, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they seemed to, ha- and they had more more freedom and yes. more um, agency. So it's kind of not surprising that theirs would be a culture that would, you know, kind of celebrate women as warriors to a certain degree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, do you have anything further? That's everything that I have. Okay. Um, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that big archaeological breakthrough of, I know, we yeah. found Viking shield maiden community. Hooray! Hey! And, can, and right I, next to it, yes. a community of Amazons. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> or maybe centuries below and the layers yeah. below. Yeah, exactly. The same site. Directly underneath. <laughs> oh, that's and then we'll add one. an addendum to this yeah. episode and say, guess what? <laughs> it's true! <Yay. laughs> so look for that in the future keep an eye on Mm -hmm. our feeds for that story oh boy all right well that's all we have on viking shield maidens but as usual um we encourage you to go and learn more Uh, we always post our sources and kind of extra reading along with the podcast on our website yesterladies.com please do go check it out we're so proud of it it's so pretty 
Um, uh, if you're looking for ways to get in touch with us, you can, of course, visit our website and email us through that. You can also reach us at yesterladies at gmail.com. On social media, you can follow us on Twitter, where our handle is yesterladies. On Facebook, you can visit us at facebook.com slash yesterladies. <laughs> there, my spiel at the end. Of, whatever. It needs to be said. She's accompanying it with gestures just I so am. that our I'm listeners kind of are aware. Around. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little, it's a little bouncy sort of activity here. Because it's my little script and I have like, it's like the same thing I say every time now. So I'm like, well, it's got, it's got dance moves It's like now. hand motions yeah. for each different social media. Oh Lord, now you've thrown me off. What's Sorry. the last thing I was going to say? You said? Write to us with topic yes. ideas. Do that, please. Yes. We love those and we'll do them for sure. Um, I think we already mentioned it, but I just wanted to give one more shout out to my good friend, Sarah Morvey for suggesting Viking shield maidens. Sarah's actually suggested a number of good topics that we will have to continue covering. She's got all the good ideas. So she's our Sarah source. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true. She'll, she'll, I don't know what she'll think of that. Oh boy. But... We'll find out. <laughs> so shout out to Sarah and her little Molly, Yay. who is another one of our youngest, uh, yester ladies. Um, so I think, I think that's about it. I feel like I'm forgetting one of my major <laughs> things that I say every time, but I don't know. That's all right. If you, if you have listened to other episodes, you'll you get, know that. How to get a hold of us. And it's if not, fun. now you just have to listen to a whole other episode yeah. and get to the end and hear how else you can hey, communicate with us. It's my plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> so, and just a little reminder, uh, we are in the new year now. So happy new year, happy 2017. Yay. And we will from now on out be releasing uh two episodes a month on Friday morning. So mm-hmm. look for us every two weeks uh as a great little start to your weekend on a Friday. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Launch you into the weekend mm-hmm. with history really well. and feminine fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well thank you for listening. I'm Dana. And I'm Heather. Bye. Bye. <laughs>